Welcome back to the HR Ins and Outs for Small Business podcast. My name is Matt Filer, and I'm also here with your other co-host, Cindy Filer. And today we're going to be discussing uh, the question, how do you win the war on talent in a very competitive market? And so I think this is something that we hear all the time as a recruiting firm. And so we want to share with you what we have kind of seen from our clients and techniques that we've had to work with them to create recruitment marketing strategies and to be able to help them win that war on talent. So I'm going to hand it over to our co-hosts, my mom, Cindy, and uh, she'll be able to expand on that. Yeah, so it's really important for a small business to understand that they can win that war for talent, right? Because a lot of times they feel defeated. When we come in as recruiters, many times they say, well, we'd like to get the talent the big businesses can get, but we can't get them because. And we like to stop them and say, no, you can get that talent. And so we want to go through some of the ways that you would be able to do that. So I like to call those levers. And so if you think about a, a, a series of levers where you don't have to have all the levers pulled, but maybe some of them. So maybe you can't pull the high, high salary lever that um, a large company can pull, but you can pull some of the other levers. So we're going to be talking about those things today because it's important to know, and it, um, it seems like when we talk to our clients, they don't understand that um, things that they can do and they can afford mean a lot to candidates. We tell small businesses all the time that they, like you said, they can win that war on talent. It's just they have to pull those different levers. But I do think it starts with a competitive salary. So I might have you talk about, a, you know, a little bit of what that looks like. Yeah. So salary is um, used to be, um, but right before the pandemic, the number four reason why people took a job. Right now, it's the number two reason why people take a job and keep a job. So it has become more and more important. And I would like to say that probably is because a lot of um, companies have gone virtual now. And so really, salary is something that has become more important because if they're working for a company behind their computer, it kind of doesn't matter what that company looks like. They just are taking the best pay that they can, unfortunately. So I think as, as it goes back to people not being so hybrid or so virtual in their work, we're going to see salary dropping on that list. But when we look at salary, we want to look at market rate. Hmm. Because a lot of our clients that are small businesses that don't understand market pay, what they say to us is, well, five years ago, that position was $45,000, so I think I want to pay And we will say, this is the least, our least favorite part of our job, is when we walk yeah. in and someone says, you know, our controller left this month, and they've been here for 15 years, and we'd like to pay them $64,000. And <laughs> we have to look at them and say, that's not going to work. You are not going to get a bookkeeper for $64,000. Right. So I think, you know what we are, are saying is you kind of have to do almost some compensation studies either in-house or out-of-house to make sure that you are paying market rate across all of your positions. And that's become increasingly important because you shared the stat today with the client, 12% increase in 2021 just by itself. On base pay. On base pay for salaries overall, which is not including bonuses, which is not including anything. Yep. And even with a recession kind of on our hands right now as we stand in December, it's still like our salaries are still high. Uh, and I think small businesses do have a rough time with that. But at the same time, you have to pay that market rate uh, to be able to, to find those great candidates. Yeah, I think sometimes the CEOs are like, it doesn't feel right to have to pay an executive assistant this much money. Yeah. And what we'd like to say is it doesn't really matter what it feels like. <laughs> it, that is the market pay. You know, if I want to buy a steak at the Kroger, you know, 
I have to pay how much it costs for the filet mignon. And if I don't want the filet mignon, it's okay. I can pay less. I can get the hamburger meat. But it all depends what I'm looking for, and there's a set fee. So um, I'd like to say that when we work with our clients, we're able to – one of the things we do is we get that market-based pay for them so we can tell them this is the range that you need to pay somebody in. But to put a pin in salary, the minimum you want to pay is market pay. Mm -hmm. You don't want to pay under market pay because if you pay under that market-based pay, it means that you're getting a deal on somebody. And to get a deal on somebody, they're either somebody that there's a background about that you um, – haven't figured out yet, maybe they got let go at their job or they weren't very good at their job, or they're taking a deal because they need a job right now, and then two months from now, they're going to have a better job at market pay, and they're going to leave you. So you don't want to take somebody that's below market rate because long-term, that is never a good strategy for you. So market rate or above um, is, is preferable. Um, and then I'm just going to throw out another term just because it's something we use um, is positions that are high availability or low availability positions. So a high availability position is someone like maybe an executive assistant that's virtual. And that's somebody that if we go looking for those, we can find lots of them. You have a lot of choices. The market is flooded with them. And again, you can keep their rate at around market pay. But then a low availability position is someone that we can't find a lot of. For example, controllers right now in the city of Atlanta or paralegals um, are just two obvious ones that come to mind. And there you're going to have to play market plus a larger percentage because they just don't exist. Um, you know, they just, it's very hard to find. And if you get them, you're going to have to pay a lot more for them. So again, one of the things that we help you do, and you can, um, you can have us do that is make sure that we know if that's a high availability or a low availability position, because then you know where in the market-based pay that you need to pay them. But it is important to not just guess on pay not only for the people that you're hiring, but also for your current staff. If you mm -hmm. have not done any salary adjustments on your staff in the last couple of years, you need to look very hard at doing that because you're going to start getting those resignation letters if you haven't focused on that. Because we and were at sounds, a company today where yeah, that was it, the case, and they sounds, had not focused on that. It sounds like a scare tactic, but at the same time, it's what's happening to a bunch of small businesses, and they're getting blindsided by the fact that people are leaving, they think they're happy, but if a 25% raise comes walking in the door, those people might be leaving. Yeah, so retention-proof your staff and make sure that they are, are not leaving by making sure that their pay is correct, but also um, right-sizing the pay for any people that you're hiring. So it's important to know not only what that job is, um, but also how much you have to pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that is competitive salary. And paying market pay is super important. You know, what are some other areas that are really good that, you know, are levers that we can pull uh, that can help us win the war on talent? My favorite all-time lever for a small business is PTO. You know, some people call it vacation, but PTO is incredibly important. Uh, a lot of big companies, say a Delta Airlines, it's not like they can add an extra week of vacation to all of their people because it would cost Billions. so much <laughs> money. Um, but a small business, perhaps with you know, 30, 40, 100 employees, if they added another week of vacation for their people or their new hires, um, it's amazing that it wouldn't be that much more money. It's the opportunity cost of not having them work that extra week, but it creates such a draw for that, for that organization. 
um, from a hiring perspective as well as a retention perspective because time is incredibly important to people these days, especially our millennial yeah. generation um, and our Gen Zs. If you want to really create a workplace of the future that boy with them in mind, then you're going to make sure that you are creating a PTO strategy that's ample because um, they they want the time off. And so what we and have they could learned, even value that. I think a lot of my friends. I'm 29 years old. A lot of my friends are looking at paid time off more than they're looking at salary. Yeah. They want that competitive salary, but if there's a difference, they're going to go with whatever has more PTO because it's a better option for them. They value that time off. They value their vacation. They value being able to spend time with friends and family or having to travel back home. They value those things a lot. And so I think my friends are a good representative of that group. So yeah. I think that's a that's kind of a, you know, an anecdote on my end. But at the same time, I think it's really important. Yeah, and I also think that, I mean, somebody said, well, what's, what's normal and customary? You know, we were at a client that was like, we do one week. Okay, that's not normal and customary. <laughs> Two weeks is not even normal and customary. I mean, You should know. Weeks. When they said one week, mom looked at them and said, are you kidding? <laughs> And we we did not know this client at all. And this was in the first like 15 minutes of us talking to them. And I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. I gave her this look like you are going to lose us this, yeah. this sale. We could put this a lot nicer. <laughs> well, you know, it's amazing because um, I am really recommending three weeks to people now. Um, many people just out of college are getting four weeks, five weeks, unlimited vacation. I could talk for a long time about unlimited vacation, and I won't. I'm not a fan. We don't recommend it. Um, but, and we can talk about that at a, on a different podcast, but I feel that it's really important for people to be given ample vacation or you're just not going to get the candidates and you're not going to be able to make the hires because somebody else is doing that. And I know it's money, but... To be honest, people will get the same amount of work done in a year mm -hmm. because they work harder before and after the PTO. So it's not like you're losing a week of productivity. That just really isn't the case in most positions. They're going to get the work done. So again, it's almost like giving somebody a benefit that's free to you and that looks good to them. And so if you have that high lever of vacation, if you came to me and you're telling me that you're hiring somebody that then giving them four to five weeks of vacation, I'm going to tell you that your salary lever can be lower mm -hmm. because your PTO lever is ample. So and we'll again, emphasize that as a recruiting firm in the job posting, probably a second or third sentence we're going to put on there is, you know, great firm to work with, you know, but we're going to put that three to four week or four or five weeks of vacation in that opening lot, like in that opening paragraph, because we know how big of a sell that is and we want that to be at the top. So when people say like, oh, maybe I don't want that job for $65,000, but wait, there's four to five weeks of vacation. That makes, that makes up for the five to $7,000 that could maybe put me at my desired $72,000. So, yep. so it's, it could be the difference in a job posting being seen and applied to rather than it just being in, in midair. So yeah, exactly. And a lot of the bigger firms, they just cannot pull the trigger on lots more vacation. But as a small business, you can. And so it's a good option for you. All right, perfect. So that's so that's your favorite one. It is my favorite so one. So it's hard to go down from there. Maybe we should have started with it or ended with it, but we put yeah. it right in the right in the dang middle. Yep. So uh, I like flexible work location as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really important. So let's talk hybrid for a minute. It's 
it is the most important thing right now to have a hybrid work location. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of fully remote. You can be fully remote. Our company is fully remote. But I know even with you know a 32-year HR background, it is tough to keep culture and keep everybody together if you're fully remote. So if you have an on-site company and you have a location and you used to be five days a week and you can't allow them to work from home, and I understand a lot of you listening to us maybe restaurants or manufacturing companies that working from home is just not an option, and mm -hmm. I totally understand that. But for those of you that are listening that do have a work from home option, I feel like, and the studies show that if people work three days a week on site, two days a week off site, that, use, that, that usually is the best productivity lever. Interestingly enough, a study was done in China um, prior to the pandemic, and if people got to work home two days a week, they were actually 12% more productive than if they worked at the office five days a week. So actually productivity goes up with two days less of on-site work. And it's because they don't have to travel. It's because they can have some focus time. Um, it's that they don't have the distractions of being in the office. And so, you know, if you want your productivity to go up, let them stay at home. Um, the productivity goes down 40% if they're actually remote five days a week. Yeah, and that's something that we've started to pause on a little bit. I think the pandemic made everybody kind of want fully remote jobs, you know, and I think we've started to tell clients we wouldn't recommend that, right? Even right. for clients that want to do the fully remote thing, to be candid, it's a lot easier to hire for them if they want to do full remote. There's just more candidates. However, what we're seeing is that people stay longer in a hybrid environment because, to be honest, making friends at work is a big deal. And having people that you connect with and being able to see their faces in in-person conversations is so much more impactful that people might leave as soon as they see a higher dollar amount, right? So if they came to your firm... Because they're not really connected. Because they're not really connected, right? So what's the one thing that's that's holding them to your firm is their salary. And if they get a higher offer salary and have no one, like if they don't really have any friends at work or they don't really have any relationships, what's holding them back from just job hunting for the biggest salary they can find, right? right? So if you're a small business, you really want to emphasize the fact that you have great culture and great people around them because you want them to have friends at work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what we like to say to clients that when they require five days a week on site, what we find is that they have to pay sometimes 20, 30, 40% more than if not. So if you think about that lever, if you don't offer hybrid and you require people to come on site, your salary lever better be real high. Otherwise, you're not going to get those people. So those are just some of the levers that we can talk about today. Yeah, and I think the you know, we're going to expand on some of these levers. I think we want to talk about four-day work week in another podcast, but we want to make sure that you're pulling these levers in the right situations to make sure you get the best candidates for the positions you're trying to fill or for the positions that you're trying to keep, right? And so thank you so much for, for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, and we'll kind of expand on some of these uh, in the coming weeks. Thank you.